Welcome into the Grace Point Daily Podcast. My name is Jeremiah Johnson. Thank you for joining us. It's going to be a verse by verse edition with Dr. R.B. Maynard back at it. We had we every once in a while, we just give you just a little break from him because uh, absence makes the heart grow fonder, yes. as they say. So welcome back, Dr. R.B. Maynard. That's good to be back again. We are doing mega sports camp last week with kids in our church. So yes, that was yes. a lot of fun. Didn't get injured. Busy. I didn't get injured. You didn't get injured. We're, yeah. we're doing okay. We're good. We're ready for the July 31st kickoff here, uh, NBA season, just in case LeBron needs me. I'm ready to go. Right, right. Well, I won't be watching this <laughs> year because there's no Steph Curry, so yeah, no need to watch for me. Yep, it'll it'll definitely be interesting. They're uh, they're already having the NBA created a bubble, so yeah. in Orlando, Florida, the players have to go. They had to do all this testing, make right. sure they're clean. Then they go inside the bubble. They have to stay there for three months. Mm-hmm. But I already read of one article of one of the LA Clippers players, Lou Williams, he escaped the bubble to go to a funeral, oh, no. uh, which actually then in turn led him to a uh, gentleman's club. Um, and now he's in trouble. Uh, so well, he should, be. He should <laughs> so, be in trouble. Anyway, they're already having some issues there. But um, that's why we need the Bible, because it helps us navigate the issues of we life. We don't need a bubble. We need a Bible. There's <laughs> exactly. a there's, so, a there's a phrase for you. Verse by verse, we get into the word. We're on a new chapter, First Kings chapter 17. So like, share, subscribe, support the Grace Point Daily Podcast, specifically the verse by verse edition each and every week. Let's go ahead and get into it, Dr. R.B. Maynard. Okay. Well, starting a new chapter, uh, this is, uh, we've been talking about all the kings, and this does have to do with the kings, but it's a kind of a, a side story that, you know, we've heard lots of, lots of sermons, or I have, preached out of this text with Elijah. And uh, it's, I, I, I told class the other day, I said, you know, most of the sermons that I hear about this, and, and we'll see as we get through it, but almost every sermon I hear, this, this story is used as a prosperity message about God's provision and you know how God wants to bless and all those kind of things and and I believe in that I'm not starting out here by saying I don't believe in that but uh, but most sermons have been preached there and we'll probably look a little bit of the other side of that uh, story here but 17:1 says now Elijah the Tishbite from Tishba in Gilead said to Ahab as the Lord the God of Israel lives whom I serve there will be neither dew nor rain in the next few years except by my word. And that, that phrase is, um, as the Lord lives, is what somebody would say today. I mean, I know we use it kind of in a derogatory, but, but I swear to God okay. that this is, you know, is going to happen. <laughs> okay. Well, it's not a, that's not the kind of statement he's making, but he's saying, as surely as the Lord lives, well, the Lord does live, so mm-hmm. this is a fact that I'm about to, that I'm about to tell you. And it's, it, this is different. We, we talk about droughts. And, you know, the crops don't get I think we're probably at that stage right now. We started to get some rain, but I think some mm-hmm. of the crops are might be suffering because we haven't had any rain. And but this is it says neither dew or rain. Dew being a derivative for Mountain Dew. Mm. Yep, there you go. Yeah. yeah. Can you imagine living <laughs> without the dew? <laughs> Just do the dew. But anyway, dew or rain. I mean, that's. That's completely dry. Even in a drought, a lot of times you'll get up and there's moisture in the grass and, you know, that kind of. But we're talking about completely dry. And it says in the next few years, and because we know the story, we're talking about three and a half years. And, you know, I couldn't help relate that to what where we are now with coronavirus. And we've had shutdowns, you know, for some places are still shut down. And 
we've shut down churches and we've shut down businesses and all those kind of things. But that was like a 30 day shutdown, which seemed like an eternity, mm-hmm. you know, when you're sitting at home, probably longer than that. But yeah, but this is three and a half years that there's not going to be any rain or dew on the ground. And so um, they didn't know that. It just says uh, in the next few years, except by my word. And it's all of these things, you know, when God declares something, usually he declares it because he knows people are not going to repent. So he just says, this is what's going to happen. But all of these things, when God says something's about to happen, everything is always dependent on repentance. You know, if mm-hmm. if Ahab, if the people repented, then God would have would have changed that. It wouldn't have happened. And it doesn't say, well, now I'm telling you, unless you do all these things. But it's always kind of a given that if it, this is coming on you because of your disobedience. So if you would obey, this wouldn't be coming on you. And this is a, this is a different word from uh, the prophet here because it's not necessarily a thus saith the Lord moment. This says, Elijah says, by my word, this is not going to happen. It doesn't mean that Elijah can control the weather or that God, that he can control God and he tells God what to do. But I, I read a, a statement about that. It says, it would have been God speaking, says, you may decree against them whatever you see fit and I will uphold it. And I thought about, wouldn't it be great to have that kind of a relationship with the Lord that that I could I could have the wisdom mm-hmm. to declare something a, a famine in this case that I would have the wisdom to declare something that I knew was in tune with with what God said that I wouldn't declare something and then God would say wait 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 you know that's not that's you that's not me mm-hmm. but in this case there there's so much in tune and God and he's hearing God's voice I don't know and maybe God did speak to him and then he's speaking what God I don't know but yeah. but the way it's worded is by my word there won't be rain or dew for the next several years or as, in other words as I see fit and it's it's probably more God will speak to me and I will speak to you it's like Moses mm-hmm. you know God spoke to Moses and and the people even said we don't want God to speak to us you know we want God to speak to you and then you tell us what God said and I think I think people are like that somewhat when they go to church and never pick up their Bible, never pray, never sing a worship song, never do anything all week long, and they come back to church on Sunday morning waiting for a sermon, it's it's a little bit of that mentality. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, I've heard the, the phrase, well, that's what we pay you to do. That's what we pay the pastor, mm-hmm. you know, like it's a, <laughs> I mean, and it is your job. I mean, it's a, it's a vocation, if you would, but... Uh, but anyway, that's not the <laughs> that's not the proper. We need to hear, be hearing from the yeah. Lord ourselves, and then we come back together and worship together and and hear what you have to say. But I shouldn't. My life shouldn't be dependent on you hearing from God and me hearing from you all the time. Mm-hmm. I need yep. to hear from God. So, Amen. Uh, two through four. Then the word of the Lord came to Elijah: Leave here, turn eastward, and hide in the Kareth Ravine. East of the Jordan, you will drink from the brook I have ordered, and I have ordered the ravens to feed you there. And I, I thought, 
You know, I try to think about these guys and, and put yourself in their position. Here's Elijah the prophet who has just made this great declaration. And even though it's a even though it's bad news, you would have to think you would feel pretty good about yourself that you had heard from God, spoke what God told you to do. It it would be it'd be like you you get up on Sunday morning and preach I mean, hellfire and brimstone, people get saved, it's a it's the greatest service you've ever seen in your life. And then Monday morning, God says, uh, I'm moving you back to Utah. <laughs> or I want you to stop preaching for the next year. And you're like, wait a minute. I mean, <laughs> you know, and there was reasons here. It wasn't God wasn't displeased or anything, yeah. but it was it was a matter of hiding. And, and you're hiding, really, in this case, you're hiding from Ahab, the king, and why? Because you just gave him a terrible prophecy. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you just spoken something to him. He didn't want to hear that. You know, we always say with prophets, we want, I wish I got a word from the prophet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, if it was a good one, <laughs> we'd like to right. have a word. Yeah. But, and, you know, I had to think, I mean, we all think sometimes, couldn't God have done it a different way? You know, I think about um, Pastor Graham. You know, if, I mean, whatever God's plan or whatever God's way to use all these things that are happening, you know, our impulse is to say, well, couldn't, couldn't he have just not let him get sick and mm-hmm. done it another way besides him having to suffer and, and be so sick and struggle to breathe and all the things that he, couldn't God have just done it some other way? I mean, couldn't God have just... In Elijah's case, couldn't God just make Ahab blind to that he wouldn't even recognize Elijah? Or, mm-hmm. you know, we could think of all kinds of things without yep. him having to go and spend a year. This yes. is going to be a year <laughs> in isolation yep. is, is what he's going to be. So not 30 days like we've been. And we weren't even in isolation. You know, I still got yeah. to be. Walmart. Yeah. Still went to Walmart. <laughs> still could go. My wife was still there. The. Church. Still could go to Arkansas and ride your mountain bike. Yeah, I could still. I could borrow your mountain bike that you're. Yes, whenever you to, want to. Free to give. I have so. two. Yep. Yep. Can I? I want the good one though. <laughs> okay. I yeah, I want the one that's got the motor on. <laughs> Someday, my friend. Yeah. That'd right. be good. Uh, your next stimulus check. Why don't you get one of those? Yeah, I will. My next. <laughs> my next check. But. But anyway, uh, you know, and and God had set up provision. I mean, He told. Him how he was going to be taken care of. I mean, there was a there was a, a famine or a uh, a drought, if you would. But uh, but they also had the brook was still running. Evidently, I mean, you still had water to drink, or everybody would have died somewhere. Mm-hmm. But there's a difference in having water to drink and having water to take care of the crops and all of those things. But and I you know I always look up some of these little uh, tidbits. But I, I thought about the raven and what yeah. you know. That the bird itself, um, they said they they get to be between one and a half and four and a half pounds, um, associated with death and darkness. You know, we've seen these movies where the black bird, the raven, was you yeah. know the evil, right? Yeah, brought on the evil spirit, kind of an and, ugly bird, if you will. Right, right. But they say they're one of they're one of the smartest animals alive. Hmm. That they learn to talk better than a parrot. I didn't know ravens wow. talked, but. That's they, scary. They can talk. So maybe, hey, maybe Elijah had somebody to talk to. You know, maybe they, they spoke to him. Who knows? Uh, they can mimic other noises. So 
like kind of like the mockingbird, if you would, um, they point at things. So if two of them are together and there's danger or something, they will actually point with their beaks to the other birds to to point yeah. out danger and and those kind of things. And they're adaptable. They can live in the desert or the snow-covered mountains. Wow. So they're so you know God even chose a bird or gave a bird qualities <laughs> to be yeah. able to take care of, uh, of wow. Elijah yep. in this in this scenario. So um, five and six. So he did what the Lord had told him. He went to the Kareth Ravine east of the Jordan and stayed there. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening, and he drank from the book brook um that the jewish culture has a lot of um a lot of their commentary is it's they have a lot of speculation about things it's not uh, and i don't mean to say that like they're making up stories but i think they look into some of this and and they sit around the table sometimes and i know it is this way because some of the some of the commentary is like You'll read a, a verse or a section of scripture, and then it'll have like five guys who are their uh, top rabbis, and those five guys will all comment on that about what their opinion is about it. And so I'm sure that's kind of where this comes from. But but some of the Jews say they were that the food came from Ahab's table, so the very enemy that the birds were stealing food from his table to feed. Uh, Elijah. Some said it was from Jehoshaphat's table, and others from uh, the seven thousand prophets that didn't uh, bow to to Baal, or the seven thousand people that didn't bow to Baal, uh, that they came from those areas. And I thought, I don't know whether that happened or not, but they mm-hmm. somewhere they were getting that food. I mean, I don't know if they brought cooked meat, or if it, if Elijah had to build a fire and cook it when it came. I don't I don't know what that looked like. But the bread probably was baked. I doubt that he brought. They brought a ball of dough. I mean, so those birds were evidently getting it from someone's the bird. Table. The birds knew how to cook food too. Yeah, Ravens. They, so. <laughs> yeah, they were so smart that they could cook the food and bring this it. This is pre Uber Eats, pre drones. Uh, yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, he got his uh, from. He ordered his food from Amazon. Yeah, right. They brought it to him. So, but uh, so there's all kinds of you know speculation about where that food even came from but and you know to us that might sound a little uh gross that a blackbird a raven was i mean if a blackbird flew in here and you know set a piece of meat down on the counter i wouldn't really think i'd want to eat that mm-hmm. you know i'd think they're probably carrying the coronavirus right yeah you know so <laughs> but and bread i mean you thought you would think, well, he picked that bread up off the street someplace, but mm-hmm. but you know the other side of that. I mean, practically speaking, people will eat all kinds of things if they're if they're hungry. I mean, if they're starving, you get less picky the hungrier yeah. you get. Yep, exactly. About what you're going to eat. I mean, bark, bugs, leaves, berries, snakes, and other people. Mm-hmm. I mean, there have been cases, airplane crashes in the alps or whatever and yeah they wound up eating people mm-hmm. you know to stay, stay alive. alive and so i think that was uh, that might have been the name of the, no staying alive that was a different movie but well there's that well what was that one movie is a soccer team that yeah. crashed in the mountains and then 
they had to survive. But when one person died, then they ate the other person right. to stay alive. <laughs> right. That's yeah. a crazy movie. Yeah, but yeah. I, th- I I think it is, I think it is. I I mean I bring up jokingly things like drones or I I think I find it interesting that I think God does work supernaturally mm-hmm. in the context of different generations and right. things that are happening in the generation. So you know God, I don't I I mean I, he could, but I, I would imagine that God would supernaturally move differently in 2020 mm-hmm. than he would in this particular passage right here. Right, because now there's cars and airplanes and mm-hmm. you know, I think, things of that nature. So yeah. I think God just shifts and moves. And obviously he knows that, but we have miracles now that we probably don't even think about being miracles because we have so much technology. We just mm-hmm. look at it that man developed something else. You know, I mean, we don't think about that. God was involved in anything anymore. Really. We just think that yeah, man has all this knowledge and you know, I'm so overwhelmed, but I mean, I'm not a, computer savvy person really but even at that i am overwhelmed at the fact that you can have well i'm, I'm overwhelmed that we're sitting here doing this that there's this kind of technology that what's what we're doing right now could go yep. across the world anywhere in the world i mean that that's amazing we're yeah. sitting here in little carthage missouri little little computer on the desk and some microphones but yet we could be talking to somebody in africa right now mm-hmm. now that's just or, and, you know, even more amazing that we pick up our little phone that's yep. the size of an index card and can do that same thing Yeah, on the phone. Or we can instantly call, you know, and, and especially young people now don't, don't appreciate all those things because they've been raised with it. Right. You know, for us, <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I've been to the phone booth. I've had a party line mm-hmm. before where three or four people use the phone. You could tell somebody was listening in and, uh, when they say know. the first uh, computer was, uh, which was before before I was born, but was like four sto- or the size of a building or something right. like that, where they're saying obviously the uh, they say the phone in our hands. There's more technology mm-hmm. in that than in the first spaceship, space yeah. shuttle, yeah, uh, the first <laughs> first computer, all those yeah. kind of things. Yeah. So yeah, these miraculous things that were done then. I I've always said we wonder why why Jesus chose to come when he came, but. Can you imagine if he came now? I mean, there'd be less believers now probably than there was then because mm-hmm. we would just think, that ain't Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, you watch these magicians and everything that's going on, people would just say, it's just, it's the TV screen. It's, you know, it's magic. It, there's a way, there's a trick to it. Or, you know, yeah, he fed 5,000 people, but I saw a magic trick where somebody disappeared, you know. So I, th- I think in our culture, people wouldn't, I think we'd believe less mm-hmm. if he were to come in our in our time. So 17.7, sometime later, the brook dried up because there had been no rain uh, in the land. So Elijah, I'm not saying he's suffering, but he, he begins to, the brook dries up because of the drought that he proclaimed. So he's even uh, suffering, if you would, in a sense. Uh, he's suffering the results of his own uh, claim that there would be no uh, rain. And so let me, I want to read this. This is uh, out of a, a Jewish, some Jewish teaching. And this talks about the suffering. In other words, that Elijah maybe had to suffer. I mean, he did suffer. He suffered isolation. Yes, he got fed. Yes, he had water to drink. And now he's suffering in a sense that the brook has dried up. There's no more water time to move on to something else. 
And this is a the the uh, Jewish culture is very big on uh, charity and equality. And I had to think about this because you just talked about it on on uh, uh, Wake Up Grace Point the other mm-hmm. day about how they were all in you know with one mind and they were sharing everything. That's where we were talking about the mountain bike and sharing yep. the mountain bike and Acts two forty four. Yep. So all of that you know is and. Uh, I love it that you talked about that the other day because I've said many times when we talk about uh, the infilling of the Holy Spirit, we leave all that out. Mm-hmm. It's just, I mean, that's a continuation. They spoke in tongues and yeah. these other things manifested too. Yep. But we we just leave it at, if somebody speaks in tongues, they're full of the Holy Spirit and it doesn't matter what else they've done <laughs> or what else they do from that point on, they still are full of the Holy Spirit yeah. You know, because of a, a one-time incident, but for them it was a, a continuation of something else that happened mm-hmm. when they when they were there. So that's a whole other story. But let me just read. It says, "When a community is in distress, no individual is allowed to separate himself and live in comfort. Even if he has the means to escape, he must join them and suffer along with them, at least symbolically." He must show that he is with them in their plight. If he turns his back on them and eats his fill while they are starving, the two angels that accompany him throughout his life place their hands on his head and proclaim, This man has separated himself from the community during their time of trouble. May he not share their joy when the time of relief comes. Thus Moses placed himself in discomfort when he prayed for the success of the people in their battle with Amalek. He refused to sit on a chair or cushion, although he certainly could have gotten one. Instead, he chose to sit on a rock. Even in the privacy of his own home, a person should remember the suffering of others and conduct himself accordingly. He should not say, what difference does it make? There's no one here to see me. My suffering will not be appreciated. God does not lack witnesses to testify on his behalf. When the day of judgment comes, the very stones and beams of his house will arise to attest to his righteousness. The guardian angels will come and proclaim, this man voluntarily shared the suffering of the community. He has earned the right to share in their relief. And so, you know, if you look at that in in our context today, in sitting at home during uh, coronavirus, mm-hmm. and the fact that, well, I got food in my cabinet, and I got money in my bank account, and, you know, I'm, I'm covered. In other words, (laughs) I don't need to worry about, but there should have been, and, you know, maybe I should have had more. I I can't say that I wasn't concerned about anybody, but, you know, if if my kids had been suffering from uh, loss of jobs or businesses or or things like that, uh, you know, I would have reached out to them. I, I don't know of anybody in the church, but I would hope that the church would have you know, reached out and and helped people that were in need through that uh, time frame. So it's basically mm-hmm. saying, how can you, when when Jesus comes and we all go to heaven, how do you expect to have your rewards in heaven when you weren't willing to provide, uh, you know, relief here for someone? How we expect to have relief mm-hmm. in the life to come? Yeah, for you know, for acting the way we did and all of our sin and everything else, but yet. When we're here, we want to sit at home and wipe our yeah. brow and say, I'm glad I'm covered. Right. You yep. know, and even with salvation, glad I'm saved, not worried about anybody else. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to heaven. Mm-hmm. So I think it can apply to to money or the message even that, that we're not willing to share. 
Yeah. In it. Eight and nine. Then the word of the Lord came to him, go at once to Zarephath of Sidon and stay there. I have commanded a widow in that place to su- supply you uh, with food. I don't know what kind of conversation he's had in the past year with uh, with the Lord. I don't know if if it was a Moses thing where you know Moses talked to him as a friend uh, or yeah, Moses talked to God or God talked to Moses as a friend. Maybe that's the way it was with Elijah or has he only talked to the the ravens? I, I don't know. But uh, what has happened, but whether he's spoken to him, but it says uh, that he had commanded a widow to supply him with food. It doesn't mean that when he says he commanded her, it doesn't mean that he gave her all the details. In other words, Elijah's coming. This is what he's going to look like. He's going to ask you for a drink. He's going to, you're going to know, I want you to give your last bread. Uh, it, it simply means when, when it says God had commanded, it just means God had set things in motion. In other words, that, uh, somebody's coming and that's been set in motion. So she maybe didn't know. I don't think she did know all the details of what was going to happen when he got there. And I think that's pretty evident from, uh, from the story, but it's the same words that were spoken about the Ravens. God, I have commanded the ravens. Well, it doesn't mean the ravens knew everything that was going on. They mm-hmm. just picked up the food and took it to him by instinct or whatever you want to, you know, whatever you want. <laughs> they could have been it. they could have been Narnian ravens. Oh, that that's what yeah. I'd like to think. Choose well, to think. Next week on the podcast, we'll <laughs> bring in that part of the story. I need to start a podcast on uh, C.S. Lewis. Is yeah, what there I need you go. To do. There you go. I'm not a I'm not a Narnia fan. Yep, I tried. I'm but aware of that. It just didn't it just didn't work for me. So, but uh, but anyway, he. I mean, he's he's got to hide. I mean, Ahab still probably is mad about this whole thing because he thinks. I mean, you're going to blame it on the prophet. He's not blaming God. He's going to blame the prophet probably. So he needs to hide. He's. Uh, this is about a hundred miles away from where Ahab is. So. You know, nowadays that wouldn't be so much of a distance, but back then, pretty yeah. good place to hide if you can get a hundred miles away. It's not very likely somebody's going to see him and then get word day. Have hey, you know Elijah's down here mm-hmm. if you want him. And uh, <laughs> so anyway, it was a good place to hide. Basically, seven or uh, yeah, seventeen ten. So he went to Zarephath. When he came to the town gate, a widow was there gathering sticks. He called to her and asked, "Would you bring me a little water in a jar so that I may?" have a drink and so uh she's basically uh gathering only a poor widow's going to be out gathering sticks for herself otherwise she'd have a husband or her children or whatever and we know she has a child but we don't know how old he is it talks about her son later but it doesn't mention his uh, age so we don't really know whether he should have been there or what but as she was going to get it he called and bring me a please a piece of bread there's actually a chapel uh, in Israel that, that represents, I mean, this was such a big event that there's a little, and if you you haven't been to Israel, but I there's, have not. there's all kinds of little chapels. Someday. Maybe that, you and I will go together yeah, someday. I'd love to for go back second again. time. Yeah, I think you're going to have to knock me out, though, because the flight was <laughs> horrendous. So. We can just record a bunch of podcasts yeah, on the way there. From Israel. Yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> and, and from Israel, now I have to watch it in the United hey. States now. Be a little different in time, yeah, time cool. change, but anyway, 
Um, if you pay for it, I'll go. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, we were talking about <laughs> brother Graham. One of my jokes with brother Graham, when they, uh, we sent him and Donna to Israel as a pastor appreciation thing okay. one time. And, uh, so when they gave him the tickets and of course he was just, you know, all teary and couldn't believe what we were doing. And I was on the platform, you know, playing the guitar. And, uh, so I, I presented it to him and I stepped back and, uh, then I thought I motioned him to come back over there and I told him it was a one-way ticket. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, how, how many years was that? Do you remember how many years? I don't know how long ago that was. I don't know if that was like, he had maybe, been here. maybe his 10, no, oh, it's probably later than that. He'd probably been here. That's just been five or six years ago, maybe. Okay. Something like that. So, so he'd probably been here 10 to 15 years at okay. the time. So I got to wait a while longer. Yeah, you got to wait. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's probably That's not what I was calculating in my head. Probably not happening. <laughs> well, we were going to, and then the coronavirus yeah. thing hit and travel and we, you know, we, we want you to be safe. So, <laughs> so it's probably not going to happen this year. So yeah, look to next year. So you'll say, here's a two tickets to the Presley's and Branson. <laughs> <laughs> Well, one, you might get right. one, and then <laughs> yeah. if Rachel wants to go, she'll have to buy her own. Yep. So, okay, we'll finish up here with a couple of verses. As sure, 1712, as surely as the Lord your God lives, she replied. So she's saying that same thing, as surely as the Lord lives, or I swear to God, I'm telling you the truth here. I don't have any bread, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little oil in a jug. I'm gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. And I thought, what a, you know, I've been poor. I yep. mean, I know what it's like to <laughs> to scrounge and dig in the cushions to try to get some gas money. And I mean, I know what that's like. I don't know what it's like to be near starving. I don't know what it's right. like yes. to say one meal and then however long it takes us to die, you know, we're gonna die. Yep. And and they're in the middle of a drought, so she has no way probably of getting anything. But, um, you know, she swears by the Lord. And, I, again, I have to think, if I'm Elijah and I'm talking to this woman, and I know it's a little different situation because he's had a word from God to go there and she was going to take care of him. So he does have some confidence. But I had to think, if I'm Elijah and I go there and this woman tells me, I don't, I don't have anything. You know, me and my son are going to eat this last meal with what little bit we've got. I would think, I would probably think, I'm the one that brought this drought on. <laughs> I mean, mm -hmm. it was by my word, by, you know, and, and there could be rain again by my word is what, what it said. And I think you'd feel responsible, like, you know, I brought this on. And then would you not think, I wonder how many widows died during this because of the drought. How many of these widows? Because this, <clears throat> mm -hmm. she's not Ahab. She's not tied to Ahab, but she's suffering the results yeah. of of what Ahab had done. Mm -hmm. And I think I think we forget about that sometimes in in America. We're going through a lot of turmoil right now in this country, and I think we forget that the Christians may have to suffer a little bit. Yes, you know we. We like to think that we're going to be exempt because right. <laughs> I didn't do it. I yeah. didn't. I didn't riot. I didn't. You know, uh, kill babies or 
those guys, I didn't do it, so I'm not going to have to suffer. Well, you know, in, in the, uh, with the plagues, with Moses, uh, all those plagues that happened, the Israelites were, were, were protected except for the last one, mm-hmm. the one with the kid, the, yeah. the babies. And so, you know, even they had, did, if they hadn't changed their ways, mm-hmm. they were still going to have, and they suffered in the wilderness. Yeah. They, it's like God protected them here, but then they went to the wilderness and they had some more, <laughs> it's more troubles. Yeah. And That's kind of my beef today with uh, American Christians a little bit is I, I hang out with people who any hint of God's not going to bless us. I know is, is, you know, uh, that's, that's not a word from the Lord, right. you know, any, any hint of, we have to endure any type of, and it's just not, not all blessing. It's like, they can't right. receive that. Yeah. And I just, and I don't, I don't know. That's true. <laughs> I don't, I don't believe that. I believe God can take care of us and I, and we could get off on a whole different discussion, but sure. I always say, I, my thing is I believe, but I don't know what God's going to do. I believe that God can part the Red Sea I believe that God, uh, we, again, we use Brother Graham. I believe that, that God could heal him in an instant and he could get up out of the bed 100% healed and walk out of that place with no, I believe that, but I don't know if that's what God's going to do. Mm-hmm. You know, there's lots of things I believe God can do, but I don't know what he's going to do. And I, I've used that illustration of, of the fiery furnace. You know, they said, we won't bow down. Our God can deliver us. But even if he doesn't, we still won't bow down. So mm-hmm. they, they knew there was a possibility they were going to burn up in the furnace. They didn't go in there and claim, well, that's not going to happen to us because we're good guys. Yeah. And uh, I, I, I've said it before, there were a fourth man was in there. And I said, if they had died in the fire, there were still four men in there. Mm-hmm. You know, he was still there with them, whether he saved them or whether they burn up in the fire, he was still there. Yeah. And so, you know, our blessings, we think, because all we can relate to is our life here, we think all the blessings have to be here too, not blessings after this life goes on. And so, so anyway, you know, I don't know whether other women died or, or not. I, I would suppose a lot of people probably died in a drought when they didn't have their crops and she's just one here and she's suffering for something that she didn't do. And so God had provided enough for her to make it to that day for her provision. And, and again, in my Sunday school class, people, several people commented about God's last minute provisions. And I think all of us could tell stories about how we thought it was the end. We thought, Nothing could happen, and all of a sudden, you know, we hear that the check came in the mailbox kind of thing, or or the healing came. You know, I thought they were going to die, and, I mean, honestly, by the reports, I thought Brother Graham was going to die the other day. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, things are looking better every day. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, I, I was just, that was reality to me that it might happen. Mm-hmm. It wasn't saying, oh, he's going to die. I might as well quit praying. That wasn't the issue. Right. <laughs> but but good people suffer as a result of a nation, of a king in these cases. And so, and I, I'll finish with this. I, uh, Chuck Swindoll wrote a book. I've got some of his books on different. Uh, he had a whole series on Elijah, Moses, Joshua, you know, different ones. And he talks about the first impression blues, what you, how you thought things were going to look. 
Okay. And then they didn't, they didn't turn out that way. <laughs> and, and yeah. so in, in this drought situation, and then the test of physical impossibilities, in other words, that sometimes God brings us to that point where there's no other answer besides him. And unfortunately, we should recognize that every mm-hmm. day of our life. Yeah. But sometimes we just don't until we're faced with something that yep. we say, God, <laughs> if you don't do this, yeah, if you don't. it's it's not going to happen. There's no other way I'm going to have another meal. There's no other way that I'm going to live another day if you don't perform this miracle. And And sometimes, again, for whatever reason, God brings us to that place where it's the last it's your joke about prayer has it come to that yeah <laughs> but that's the way we are sometimes yeah. we've done everything <laughs> we can do and yeah and it's only god and that's where this widow woman wound up was it was only by elijah but by god's provision for her mm-hmm. so anyway we better quit there so. amen well there you go we're now in first kings chapter what is it, 17, 17 now right yeah it yep. says 17 so continue with us on the journey that's dr rb maynard he is the chuck swindoll of carthage missouri as some might say uh, mm-hmm. others might say differently but <laughs> anyway hey god bless you guys talk to you next time